What does your email inbox look like? If it looks anything like mine, it's 90% shopping websites that I've signed up for the discount, you know, the little pop-up menu, and says, sign up now for 20% off your first order that I never end up using. And now I'm ticked when they show up in my inbox every dang day. So what do I do? I of course ignore my inbox. And then when I finally get the strength to check it, I scan for the important stuff. The emails from my girl's teachers, the room mom responsibilities, the online bills, the neighborhood newsletter, and then I close it out until the next time. But on the flip side, as a small business owner, I want everyone to open my emails, except the stats don't lie. Nowadays, only 20% of marketing emails are opened. Clearly, no one is checking their emails anymore. Unless you still have that AOL email address. Then you do you, babe. You do you. It is time to reach your customers where they want to be reached. In fact, 75% of your customers prefer you quit using their email and they want you to use text messages instead. And how about this? 98% of text marketing messages are opened. If I'm doing my math right, I believe that's greater than 20%. Project Broadcast is the solution you're looking for. Keep your business in the palm of your customer's hand. It's personal, it's you, it's your business. Use the link in the show notes to receive 500 free text credits to start. I have been using it for a year now and I have seen a huge increase in my customer loyalty, my sales, and my customer engagement. Those are big business wins. To get those 500 free credits, go to www.projectbroadcast.com backslash question mark VIA equal girl boss rehab. The link's also in the show notes, y'all. Do you have a reservation? What's the name? Oh, yes, here you are. So glad you're here. I've been expecting you. I'm Tori Shira. But you already knew that, didn't you? Are you ready to fall in love with your direct sales business and purpose again? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Girl Boss Rehab. Hey, GBRs. Thanks for tuning in again. I hope that you are having a wonderful November. And I am super excited that, I mean, last week we talk, I talked about how like the, the year is flying by and we'll blink in its New Year's, but I'm excited. I'm excited for 2023. I'm not excited about the three checks that I will write that I will write 2022 on, you know, for the first six months of the year, um, because I'll forget. Does anybody else still actually write checks? I have to for a couple of things like my girls lunches and stuff, but without fail, those first (laughs) the first couple. So if you are unaware before debit cards, there were things called checks where we had to write on paper that was like money and you can't. Okay. All right. Google checks, would you? But anyways. Today, which telling you about checks is the perfect uh, start to this, is I wanted to talk about distractions. Are you a 
distraction. What? Nine. What are your distractions, but are you a distraction? Okay, so I have to tell you this story, and I'm calling myself out on this. My husband and I were at church, and they do communion once a month. And we go through, walk all the the pews to the front, grab your cups, and then you come back and sit down, and then you wait so everybody can have the bread and the, the juice together. And happen to see some of our neighbors in front of us who he had seen the previous week. I did not. Long story short, he was like, how did you miss them? And and I was like, oh, I didn't see you. And he was like, I waved to them multiple times. Anyways, so I was making a joke as we had come back to our seats after getting our communion cups. I sat back down and I'm holding them and I go, hey, look, they're our neighbors. And because communion shouldn't be a serious thing. It's a, I mean, it's an exciting thing. I mean, they always play somber music. And the guy that talked about communion this, this past week, I was, I was like, he's right. He's like, we should be skipping down the aisles to enjoy communion because it is. It's a glorious thing that our Lord and Savior gave us the most perfect gift, his son on a cross. And we get to the privilege of communion to remind ourselves that he gave his body and his blood for our, uh, for ourselves, for our sins, so we could be with him in heaven. And so it is, it is an incredible thing. It's, it should be joyous. They should be playing much more happier music. Anyways, I'm the person that you can't sit next to in a funeral because I will be the one that finds something to joke at or to make light of because I don't do well in silence. I don't do well in serious situations. And then once I get the giggles, I'm out. Like, I'm out. And so there are certain people who know this about me very, very well. Anyways, so I turn to my husband and I say, oh, look, there are neighbors. Again, I'm making light of a situation. I'm, I'm laughing at myself for missing them la- the previous week. And he turns to me and he goes, excuse me, you're distracting me from my quiet time. And he meant it as banter back and forth. But then I got the giggles and I'm laughing. And then I'm trying to contain myself because then you're the weird person in in church who's just laughing there while everybody's quiet and walking down the front of the aisle. So, but it made me think about distractions and being a distraction. You know, we, our kids, you know, they learn in school, right? Like teachers can very quickly tell you who the kids that are distractions in class are and who deter the other kids. But as we get up as adults, I think more often we think of outside factors being distractions. Our phones, for one of them. We use our phones, we use social media, technology in general as a distraction to numb out from the other things. When we get bored or when we just, again, want to veg out, we use that or Netflix as a distraction from what's going on around us. We indulge in distractions. So what I'm thinking about is what about us being a distraction? Are we a distraction? And there's two areas I kind of want to focus on. First one, because this is a business. We do talk about business in this podcast. I don't know if you've caught that or not. I'm kidding. 
is that are we a distraction to others in the social selling market and direct sales and network marketing? What do I mean by that? Are we that girl? (laughs) Are you that person that makes others go, not another MLM or not another DM in my box from somebody I haven't talked to in 15 years that says, you know, hey, girl, are you a distraction to the industry? It's an honest question. Now, 99% of people who work direct sales, network marketing, influencer marketing, however you want to call it, affiliate marketing, work it the way that they have seen it and that they've been taught it. If you started network marketing after somebody sent you a, hey girl, message, more than likely you're probably going to send those kinds of messages, those cold marketing messages, because that's what worked for you. If your team, if you have learned from somebody, gotten coached by somebody to do it a different way, you're going to do it the way that, that, that you've been coached, right? There are different philosophies on coaching and different. I like to believe that a lot of companies are getting away from hey girl messages, cold marketing messages of just random people in your friends list. But there's still a lot of that. But like, let's look at your Facebook. Scroll down all the posts that you've done. I'm talking about social media because it's the easiest one to evaluate. Honestly, I want you to look at your social media posts. How many of your posts are about you personally where nothing mentions your product, your business, your community within your business? How many posts are you doing of your personal stuff, period? How many of your posts are business related where you're talking about the opportunity or your business journey or your rank ups or the, you know, what this opportunity has provided for you and your family? Okay, how many posts have you, I've been that? I mean, the easiest way to do it is go back through a month. And if you post three to four times a day, it's going to be a lot, but tally mark them. And then how many posts do you have on your products? So I'm talking testimonials. I'm talking about a picture of you and one of your products or a picture of a friend and a product or, you know, something mentioning one of your products or alluding to one of your products. Also, I would say this. How often are you talking about Jesus on social media as well? Jesus, God, because I'm going to separate that from personal. So those four categories, God, personal products, business. Separate that. Now, I would say that if you are 75% opportunity and products, in my personal opinion, you're doing it wrong. You're a distraction because nobody signed up to be your friend on Facebook to see commercials. They didn't. I'm sorry, but they don't care to see a picture of you and your product. They probably don't care about, you know, this amazing community that you're part of. They don't care. They're your friend on Facebook because they want to know what's going on in your personal life. And why I say God is because if you were talking more about your business and your products, if people know what business you are more than they know what your belief in Jesus is, I'd say you're a distraction. I know I, I may get a ton of hate for this. And for that, I'm... I'm really nervous. But you don't have to post every single day. You don't have to post the testimonials every single day. You don't have to post about your business opportunity. Yes, you have to open your mouth about them, but they don't have to consume, absolutely consume your Facebook feed 
or your stories for that matter. I know you want to sell. I know you need to earn money. I know you've got bills to pay. But I guarantee you that people, they're past it. They're scrolling by it. We're so used to Instagram ads now that we don't even look at the photo. If it says learn more at the bottom or click here, we're out. Or link in bio. I just saw a training on that one. Take link in bio out because nobody wants it. I mean, we fast forward through commercials on TV now. People actually don't watch things at the time that they start. They delay their start time by 15 minutes, knowing then that way they can fast forward through the commercials. So then you're probably, well, how do, I, how do I let people know? Well, you let people know by the way that you treat them, by the way that you love them, serve them. They're going to know what you do. If you sell a makeup, they know you sell makeup. I promise you they know. If you're the person that brings the veggies and the fruits to the party because you do health and wellness, they know you do health and wellness. Okay, for example, I'm in health and wellness, right? We have a protein powder for protein shakes and stuff. And there was a mom's event and I offered a mom was saying, oh, you know, I'm going to have so-and-so do protein balls for the party. And I said, oh, well, if she can't, I have a protein supplement that I could use and it's great. And I've got a couple different flavors. And she's like, oh, really? I didn't know your company had it. I was like, yeah, it's no big deal. She said, okay. And so the other mom, she wasn't going to be able to come to the party. And so she's like, hey, if that offer's still up, I'd love for you to make the protein balls and whatnot. And so enough, I did. I did make the protein. And so when everybody asked about that, I said, oh, yeah, this is part of my company and whatever. And, and that's how I served it. Now, you know, all those people know that I'm part of health and wellness. And it's not because of my Facebook page. It's not because of a testimonial. I'm not saying don't post them. You can absolutely post them. They're better if they're your testimonials because people see you and they want to see you, not check out my friend's story, but share that because when they tune you out like that, they have a complete disregard now for our industry because then they think that, well, I'll never want to do that because they don't want to be a commercial on social media. So you're shooting yourself in the foot for if you ever ask them if they want to be a part of your team or to work the business. The second where I want to talk about is the distraction for Jesus. Are you a distraction to others for Christ? Seriously, have you thought about it? Are you inviting to others? Are you turning people off? Are you acting holier than thou and that, well, you're Miss Perfect? God does it for a reason. I heard a comedian that said like, Michael Jr., if you need a good laugh, just Google him on YouTube. A lot of his stuff is on YouTube and his specials are fantastic. But like too holy, you know, the people, we all know the people that you're like, oh my gosh, we all make mistakes. I also heard my pastor talk about this this weekend too. He was talking about how like it's so easy for congregations to idolize megachurch pastors. And then once they're idolized by one, two, a few, any of them, then for sure, then it's like if they fall, like when they sin, they can't come out and say it because if people have just equated them to this perfect being like, oh, well, he always does it. right. They're always giving. They're always serving. They're always doing this. But like, honestly, I want the pastor who's talking to me not down on me. I want the pastor who's talking to me and saying, hey, this week, you know what? I screwed up. I was traveling. I was prompted in the airport by the Holy Spirit to talk to somebody. And you know what? I didn't do it. Like, come on. Like, that's the person I want to talk to because I'm like, okay, you failed too. 
Wouldn't you rather talk to somebody who's authentic and listen and who's saying like, hey, it sucks. I'm also not going to make the Christian life look like it's this perfect life. Like, oh, well, once you believe in Jesus, everything's wonderful. I'm like, no, it actually gets harder. It dies. Is that just me? No? Okay. You'll have to let me know in comments or message me. I mean, I really feel like, especially as I've gotten older, like becoming a Christian, like it's gotten harder because we get scrutinized. We're persecuted. Jesus said we would be persecuted. He didn't say this would be an easy life. I mean, nowhere in the Bible does it say it. life will be easy or fair, which is something I like to remind my children. They don't believe me yet. One day they will, hopefully. Um, but it gets harder because the longer we're in this life, like, and then the way the world is going, we have to stand up against things that nobody really wants to stand up for. I mean, there are pastors. One of my favorite pastors is Jack Hibbs. And he calls out preachers from his own pulpit. And when he's talking, I mean, he takes on politics and political issues. And when other pastors are like, well, we don't really want to get into that. We're not really supposed to be getting into government and, you know, politics and voting and elections and things like that. And he's like, y'all are nuts. When there's something on the table that we need to address and tackle and it's wrong and against our beliefs, we have got to stand up and say it. It doesn't matter whether we're in the pulpit or not. So are you that? kind of distraction? Or are you the covert Christian? I heard my pastor say that one this weekend too. And like, that's another one. Do people actually know? Sure. Okay. That you could go to church every Sunday, but do they know anything else? Have you just had the conversation with them early? You know, when you're like, oh man, you know, my husband and I were going through a trying time and whew, that was, it was tough, but man, I just got on my knees every single day and it was a really long season. And I'm so thankful that God reconciled our marriage and we, and it came back together. Like, I want to think, I hope people know, like, Andrew and I are very open about when we talk about our move to Kansas City and about how our marriage was not in a good spot, period. It was just not. And how God used the time apart and completely he redeemed the last time because he was, Andrew was in Kansas City for days and I was back in Texas and, and he used that time to really separate us and make us feel like, okay, this is it. I almost want to always share that when I talk about our move to Kansas City, because it's like, to me, that's important. And I want other people to know that there's hope and that there's life and that. And that's an easy way for me to just tell people about Christ. And it's not saying, well, Jesus died on the cross for you and you have to believe that he sent, but it's a conversation starter. And okay, so funny thing, too. If you know my dad, you know, he's very, I wouldn't say quiet. He's not quiet. He's hilarious, but he's definitely got more bold in his faith since he's gotten older. And I love hearing his stories about it. My mom has always been bold in her faith. And I mean, she's the woman that when we go to a restaurant, we'll ask the waiter, you know, is there something that we can pray for, for you? Which again, amazing conversation starter for people. But dad, when he takes Ubers to go to the airport, now he talks to the people about their savior. Being tired all the time is like a badge of honor now. Oh, you haven't slept in a full week? Well, I may have slept, but I wake up like I feel like I just got hit by a truck. And how many times do we catch ourselves scanning the pantry or illuminating the kitchen with just the light from the fridge because I want something, I just don't know what. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could hit an actual reset button on our bodies just like we do on our phones when they start acting wonky? Y'all, now we can. I'm not kidding. 
In three days, you can feel healthier and more confident. Reset helps you reimagine your health, remove the roadblocks, and reset your course for health. With this three-day nutritionally supported fast, aka you won't starve, you're getting 68 grams of protein, can I get a hallelujah? You are resetting your metabolic system on a cellular level. There is not enough fitness classes in the world that can do that, y'all. Go to crazyfaithmama.com backslash reset and get yours today. For the first 50, you'll see a promo code to get 10% off. So don't wait. Time to press the reset button on your body. So when you are a distraction, are you a distraction for Jesus? Because if we're honest as Christians, there's a song, DC Talk. All right, 90s youth group kids, they know exactly the one I'm talking about. It's the CD called Jesus Freak. And there's a song on there and it says, uh, it's just a guy talking and says, the number one reason for atheists today is Christians or Christianity. And honestly, I believe that. I believe that Christians are a huge reason for people not to believe in Jesus because we're hypocrites. You get people who say one thing in the church and then Monday through Saturday, they're completely different people. Or on the flip side, you have people who are holier than thou that don't want to associate with the less than or who think Everything is, well, we can't do that because that's not, whole, you know, that's, well, that would be blasphemy, you know, and they're so serious and religious about it. And I almost equate those kind of people to Pharisees where they're so concerned with the way that things look, the way that things sound on the outside, that there's no relationship on the inside. And I'm watching The Chosen. I know season three is about to drop or it might have already dropped when this launches. But it's interesting to see like the Pharisees who are all about the religious law and all about just following the rules. They're the rule followers. And one of the things that like uh, Nicodemus points out to one of his students is like, can God not do the impossible? Can God not be outside of the box? Like you've put him so far in a box that he can't do anything. And I have to say, one of the things that I love the most about that series is Jesus laughs. I kind of love it. I kind of love it when he jokes with those around him because I so believe that laughter is all over heaven. I so believe that there's so many Christians that we take ourselves way too seriously. I mean, if we can't laugh at ourselves, then people take us too seriously. We take ourselves too seriously. And I think that's a huge distraction for people because I think too that people who are non-believers, they see Christianity as a set of rules. This, 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 and this. Check mark, check mark, check mark. You can't do this. You can't do this. I mean, it's almost like seeing it as a diet, right? You don't think of all the things that you can have when you're on a diet. You think of all the things that you can't have. I can't have the birthday cake in the break room. 
with all my coworkers. I can't have after dinner drinks with everybody. I can't do this. I can't do that. When instead, as a loving parent would, as a loving parent does, like you do for your kids, I tell my kids that they need to be in before sunset. Why? Because it's for their own protection. There are cars that speed on by and they, you know, sunset's a terrible time where not all cars have their lights on yet. And so we've made the rule that you need to be home before sunset. We set boundaries for them. And when they don't do that, that's when they can get hurt. That's when they can get in trouble. That's when they can harm themselves or harm others. And that's why they're quote unquote rules. And, but people don't look at that. They look at all of the things that Christians don't do, can't do. And that's just not the case. But my question is, is are you a distraction for Jesus? Are you distracting people from wanting to get closer to God? I know that's kind of a tough one to ask yourself. It's really self-evaluation. And you really have to think about it. Like, when is the last time that I invited somebody to church? When is the last time that I inspired somebody or encouraged somebody to get deeper into God's word? When or have I turned people off? Have I turned somebody away from the church? I'm not going to lie. There are going to be people that walk away from the church, from God, and that's not on you in your life. That's not you, okay? God is sovereign and he's given us a choice. But we as individuals are called to help people, to give them the information, to encourage them, to inspire them, to want them to know more about Jesus. Because it's really hard for people to hear the Holy Spirit knocking on their heart when there's a whole group of Christians that they can't stand or when their friends who are Christians, but their life is not different. I think one of the most life-changing things that has that stuck with me is if people didn't know that you were a Christian, would your life be different? And that's basically saying is that, are you living a life outward focused of Christ and others to where they clearly know, hey, there's something different about that family. There's something different about that woman. Why is it that I can always call her and she is ready to serve? She's ready to help. She's ready to pray. Or is it that we're one of the people who they don't think of? Even the pastor mentioned it this Sunday and said, like, if the people that you work with know that you believe in Jesus, love Jesus, and they disagree with you, one, you're called to love them anyway. And two, when the crap hits the fan, who do you think they're going to turn to? Hopefully you, because you're the one that has the relationship with the creator of the universe. I mean, how cool is that? How cool is it to be able to step in that space for somebody when they are going through something and they go, I don't know what's going on. My world is crashing around me. I feel like I don't have a purpose. I don't know what I'm doing. And is this all there is? Is this all there is just to do this every single day? And you get to tell them, hey, no, there's so much more. And even better, when we die, we don't actually die. That amount of hope and encouragement that you get to give somebody is incredible. So are you a distraction 
let's quit looking at the other outside distractions. Look at ourselves. Are we a distraction? Are we deterring people from our industry of network marketing business by the way that we present ourselves? Are we deterring people from getting to know Jesus by the way that we handle ourselves? Even if we're a lukewarm Christian, nobody likes lukewarm coffee. We prefer iced coffee or we prefer hot coffee. But lukewarm, nobody wants that. If you're in the middle there, like choose a side. If you're going to be follower of Christ, you've given your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ. Because that middle place, it's like limbo. I bet you anything that if you are lukewarm about where you are in your relationship with Christ, you feel stuck. You feel stuck. You feel like you're going through the motions. You feel like there's no passion. You feel like there's, you almost go, all right, this is it. The highs aren't that high. The lows, they can be kind of low. And maybe, you know, you've been fortunate enough not to hit real, real low, but everything's just kind of even keel. Like, I don't want that. I want the highs with God to be so freaking high. I want to be on the top of the roller coaster. I want to be on top of the Ferris wheel with him. And yeah, it's going to come down at some point, but it's also going to come back up. And I know that. I have had some crappy, crappy seasons, you guys. Seasons where all I did was cry in my closet and cry out to God. And I was confused. I was alone and lonely. And those were some tough, tough seasons. And I mean, those weren't just a couple of days. Those were months, months on end, where you still got to do all your basic adultish responsibilities, right? You still got to make sure the little ones are fed. You still got to show up where you're supposed to show up and pretend and smile and say it's okay. Because when people ask, oh, how are you? They don't really want to hear, how are you? There's a few people that do. You have to know who your people are. But man, those lows, because of those lows, I know what the top of the roller coaster feels like. I know what it feels like to be up there. I know what the view looks like up there. And it's incredible. And I can only imagine that there's more, that the best is yet to come. I mean, you know, this is something else too. If you are a believer, are you excited about the rapture? If God showed up tomorrow and took you out of your life, would you be excited about it? Like, are you ready for it? I'm not going to lie to you. About probably six years ago, I would say six years ago, I had thought about it. And I would actually, I really sat down and thought about it. And I was like, I would be so disappointed. I don't want him to come yet. What? I'm being honest with you. I'm being real. I didn't want Jesus to come yet. I was like, I want to see my girls grow up. I want to see them have families of their own. I want to see their weddings. I want to see who their husbands are going to be. I want to meet my grandbabies. Like I want, I want more time on earth. I haven't done everything that I wanted to do. I want to travel the world more. I want to see this. I want to create things. I want to speak on more stages. And I literally was listing all of these things that I wanted to do before God came instead of the rapture. Y'all, that's dumb. (laughs) And so misguided and misled. And, you know, since the world shut down and, you know, I've I've gotten to know revelations more and all those things. Yes, I'm absolutely excited about the rapture, about going to be with Jesus in heaven, about all of that and about my family being there and seeing those that have gone on before us and 
having conversations with those, like, oh my gosh, the questions I have for Esther, the questions I have for Peter and Paul and David and Daniel and all these questions I have. And you know, the moment that I stand in front of any of them, I'm just going to completely blank and all the things will be gone. But like those questions, I am so excited about that. And my excitement for all of that, for that life, for God's kingdom, for God's glory, for singing and worshiping him all the time in a place with no pain and laughter and singing all the time, that far outweighs any goal I ever have here on earth. And so that is what gets me excited. That is what I want people to be excited about. I don't want them to fear the end of the world. I want them to be excited about Jesus coming and not sad that they're going to miss out on something. So, all right, that was a a little bit of a tangent and this episode went longer than I anticipated. And for y'all, I'm sorry. I hope you guys made it all the way to the end here because I want you to be thinking about those things. I want you to be thinking of that. Are you a distraction in our industry? Are you a distraction for others coming to Christ or for other Christians? And then two, a bonus question. Are you excited about the rapture or are you afraid of missing out on something? And if you're afraid of missing out on something on here on earth, then we need to rework that. We need to get to the bottom of that. Why? Why are those things here on earth, those earthly things, those earthly milestones important to you? You're allowed to have those things and you're allowed to talk to God about it. And you're allowed to come to those conclusions with him and have him comfort you. And y'all, just the moments, those are the sweet moments when you get reassured, like, no, so much better. It's so much better. I promise you, you think you had a great wedding? You think your children are going to have a great wedding? Oh, the party in heaven is far, far greater than that. All right. Thank you for hanging on with me here to this episode. I would love it if something resonated with you here. I would love for you to share this in your stories. Tag me in it and share it with a friend. Share it in a Facebook group of your Christian mompreneurs or, or whoever in your little tribe that you're like, you know what? These are things that we need to think of. And I would just be so honored because that's the biggest compliment that you can give me is just sharing me with a friend. I absolutely love you guys and have a great rest of the week. Great session today. I'll see you back here next week. In the meantime, be sure to follow the real Shira on Instagram. And if you have any questions between this week and next week's session, be sure to email me at girlboss.rehab at gmail.com. And remember, God already factored in stupidity when he assigned us our mission and purpose. Mm-hmm.